0: Hey everyone, it's Millie. It's Gabby. And welcome back <laughs> to another week of Change by Degrees. And uh, this week we're doing historical figures. Now, Gabby picked someone who's still alive, so if that counts as a historical figure, okay, I don't know. right
1: before we started um, this, I asked you. I have somebody who's still alive, and you're like, "That's fine." And then you drag me. I just me want, I just start want people to
0: know. Yeah, he's still alive.
1: So God bless. I hope we'll he, see if that counts or not. If not, and...
0: oh well. Um, but I thought for an intro, it'd be so uh-huh. fun to do two historical events that have happened just today, just today. What? And the about? first one is the astounding temperature. I think that's pretty historical. Why don't you? How do you feel about I fifty-six degrees today, Gabby? Feel great.
1: I even like was anticipating this temperature increase. Were you? Yeah, I was because you said, like the you past days. You just opened days, with how shocked you were about how well. Warm no, because I'm shocked it actually happened. Oh. Because like you know how the weather be changing like every five seconds. Yeah, every day. So mm-hmm. I like saw that it was supposed to be. Because remember I mentioned to you. On like Sunday, I was like on Wednesday it's supposed to be in the sixties. I said that, and it's fifty six. We're really close. On Tuesday today, it's fifty six or something. That was my wrist. That sorry. was really. I didn't mean to do that. I did. Like I made just my stomach. I didn't like think it was gonna be that loud. Almost disembowel itself. <laughs> so but hopefully, it's the bike didn't pick that up. Um, dis- you said disembowel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was a really like visceral reaction, I, but it's okay. Yeah um anyway so the temperature yes so we i'm went very out to the happy. deck. yeah i think it's some so nice you need some flowers some deck chairs uh, well i, I can, need to get deck furniture move my plants out there i'm gonna get a little like table when i can't switch it up on no no, no, them too no I'm much. Not, yeah i'm not gonna move them out right now i'm gonna ease them out there mm-hmm. succulents are so resilient they'll thrive but uh the, almost killed it by knocking it over but yeah. Oh, this. That. yeah 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 but the um but uh my other plant estella she's a croton she likes humid temperatures so she will i swear it
0: sounds like crouton
1: i know i i when i first read the label when i bought it i was like (laughs) crouton plant and i was like oh croton you idiot um but her name's estella after the character estella from great expectations by charles dickens anyway doesn't matter but yes temperature is really great i enjoy that that's the first Mm -hmm. and then the second one that's the second one. Is uh, your
0: little dance party routine that someone peeped the I other day? I think that's pretty historical. I think that's hate the most historic of Myself, event I literally that told that you this happened like five in minutes your life. ago. Um, and it was like so. I I just that cracks me up. It's so cinematic, honestly. I mean, at and this point, see, you don't know what's going to come out of that. So let's mark today, February twenty third. Watch them like come on over and
1: be like, hey, show me that dance routine. No, 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 because it's a gr- it's a guy and a girl over there. Oh, okay, so I, I don't know if they're married or, or a couple. Or maybe they brother sister? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because I walked by their door the other day. Not creepily. I just walked <laughs> down, I walked down that hallway because they're across the mm. courtyard from me and the other side of the hallway. And so I walked down that hallway and I noticed they had like a new sign on their door mm. that said it was like, dude, I was like, ugh, like throw up <laughs> in my mouth a little bit. It said, because they used to have like a Christmas wreath because I yeah, moved yeah, in yeah. around like Christmas time or like a month before Christmas. So everybody had the Christmas decorations out, but now everybody's taking them down and put something like generic up or whatever. And so theirs said... It was like a, It was like one of those like wooden like plaque just married things signs or something. No, oh. it was like one of those like wooden plaque things with like scripty white writing, and it mm. said like, "This is our story. This is our life. Welcome," or something like that. That is from like Hallmark <laughs> Hobby Lobby or Hobby Lodge. Lobby. So I love it. okay, so not Brother sisters. That's fine. No, and they have a But still, it's dog, a story for you, for you.
0: I think it's a story. Yeah, I
1: didn't. At least it wasn't. Hey, well, at least it wasn't twerking. Okay, this is what happened. I just since Millie <laughs> brought it up, I have to explain because, okay, where my apartment is, it's in like a um my deck. My back window or deck or whatever faces out toward like a courtyard. So there's people across from me. It's like a circle. So like everybody faces inward. Everyone trying to
0: visualize this right now. I know. I don't know how to explain
1: (laughs) it. I mean, I don't know. There's a courtyard in the middle of all these apartments and everyone faces the courtyard. So the people across from me, across the courtyard, Face face me and I face them. And so their blinds were open on Sunday night. And like it gets dark now around like six or a little after six, it starts to, the sun starts to go down. So I had my lights on. It wasn't pitch black so I don't keep my blinds open like past like dusk or whatever. But I was like cleaning or dusting or doing my thing. And I was in my bedroom and then I came out here and I have hardwood floors and I was wearing socks. So
0: you already know what's going on. And happen. I'm a dancer.
1: So naturally it's just, Habit for me to, anyway. I wasn't twerking or nothing. I was just like, you know, doing some like little just dancing. I had music. I had my Spotify <laughs> on my TV going because I can't do nothing without listening to music. so it really sees the dance routine, I just, yes, I yes. yes, and I wasn't like doing a routine. I was just like, you know, messing around or whatever. And so their blinds were open, and he usually the guy sits at the window with his desk. With he, his, he has yeah, like yeah. a desk pushed like either against the window or near the window, <clears> but he's usually facing the window somewhat when he's like on his because everyone's working from home. On his laptop or whatever and so he was sitting there and i know he sits there because i see him during the day sitting I'm there if their blinds are open about it and funnier gets but and yes so i just happened to come out into like my common area and my blinds were like oh op- actually one was open this one was open that one was shut i don't know why and so i came out here and i was just like doing my thing and i like <laughs> looked over and he's just like staring at me from across the courtyard and i was just like <laughs> like I'd, i just had been like dancing and like cutting up in my common area living room listening to music and he was just like staring like straight at me and i know he was probably thinking like what the freak <laughs> moved in across from us like and i was just like oh the fact you just kind of like slid i did i just kind of just slid. hilarious i me. didn't know what to do because like i definitely made eye contact but it's hard to tell if you're like making eye right, contact because right. they're far if it was away actually looking at you or not. yeah and so i was just like well, i don't know but i'm also like directly across from his window so so i just kind of like moonwalked back into like Dude. my room like ah, 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 no one saw that and then uh waited a few seconds and then came out like is he still looking i'm screaming and um then i wanted to shut my blinds like really bad but then it would be like super awkward to like go and just be making eye contact with him like mm-hmm. i know what you saw and just like slowly shut them so i waited a few minutes tried to act normal like i was in the kitchen like cooking food just <laughs> trying to be like i'm a normal person and then i just happened to go over to the window and then shut the blinds. Well blind well yeah. so out. i just that's what happened i don't know
0: i feel like you're gonna carry that experience
1: with you hey at least i can't do anything inside, else embarrassing like super repressed they already know i'm a freak so at least now they have no expectations for me to act normally so i can kind of do whatever i want you know it's so free it's let's look at
0: the positive side so really i don't know weird. i just you don't know the amount of money i'd pay to be like just to fly on the wall and see well you he was so <laughs> watching right. me like uh um, watch like a random video come out in social media and it's you like
1: I wouldn't. So doing, guy doing a guy and girl a across party. from me, I'm sorry you witnessed that. But yep. at the same yep, time, yep, yep, yep. you will probably witness it several more times of me You will, because so. you'll easily
0: forget that. It's fine. Oh, 100%. It's one of those things that are like painfully embarrassing right in the moment. but then It's like I'm, searing through you. Oh, yeah. And then two days later, you're like, ah, oh, that was good.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of, on Sunday night, I was literally like, I sat down after that whole fiasco <laughs> and was like watching TV like, I did that. That happened. And then I went to bed and I woke up the next day and I was like, eh, it's all right. And now I'm just kind of like, you know what? Like I could look across from them and be like, oh. if they saw me right now, I'd be like, hi. <laughs> and they will, no because like when it gets warm, I'm gonna sit on my deck and be staring like literally right you at will. them. Will be chilling. And if they come out on their Dance deck, party. I'll be like, I know what you saw a few months ago, and it's okay. We'll just ignore it. You, you're really comfortable with yourself. <laughs> I don't mind. It's a good step. It's, fine. it's a good step. It was bound to happen. At some and point, it was worst
0: things you could have. Dude, yeah. Been caught doing so. Not that I'd be
1: doing anything in here. No, but, no, like, but, I'm I just did, saying, but the, yes, there like, are worse like, things. I don't know anything else. I dude i bet you someone's been like caught naked probably and that's really embarrassing that's so. embarrassing you have to be a little bit smarter than that like come on i know i know lights on blinds open dark yeah obviously no, 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 it's no. gonna be be smarter than it's gonna that. be like a tv dude you can see Because like
0: you're living sometimes i guess you can like be so caught up in your own like space mm-hmm. and area that sometimes you forget oh yeah my blinds are open and i'm like oh,
1: la, 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 la. it'd be one it's thing if you miss. were like if i was on the fourth floor facing like mm-hmm. route one Well, I'm not. I'm facing some slow moving cars being like, hello. But But I'm literally like, I don't know how many yards that is from my window to theirs, but not very far. Like, no, you can get like a clear enough picture. Oh, 100%. It's not super far away. So, (laughs) but it's okay. Once again, I I just think
0: that was a really important thing that happened in your life that we need to break down. But because you dragged me last episode. So I just needed that was necessary, though. I know. I think even even Jack's was like, wow, a whole 20 minutes was spent on like, having an intervention is what she called it is that so that was i'm okay with it it yeah. had to happen but we moved on um regardless that's today's history but that's we're going to talk about in- well someone who's alive right now and then other historical figures we had an episode like this last season and i had it was so much more fun than i thought it would be um you made it
1: fun with the people you chose i enjoyed uh Peter. and actually my last
0: person will we'll get there okay. but yes uh all we got from that episode was peter and if you want to know what we're talking about go back and watch it Mm -hmm. it's probably the last within the last like 10 or 15 episodes because it was last season towards the end of last season but yeah peter but we have some new characters some new wow, characters today, it. and I'm actually quite obsessed with all of them. So we did all our research like five minutes before. The
1: last guy or girl.
0: Girl. Yeah. No. 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 Not nah, that one. I yeah. just think that one's funny. You don't even have a third person, so I do. you don't want to talk. I actually you don't. do I have
1: two third no, people, you but I. I wow. them people Mix no them, them both. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I kept mine. I just don't I know did. what to say about her. But we're gonna I get. I talk about
1: them. It's just no. You cannot. I will. No. I'm now. I'm going to. Go ahead. Now to are on the episode. Okay. Our first
0: person that acts is a person. She's amazing. I don't know if you know her or not. Probably Her not. name is Josephine Butler. Actually, yes, I do. Kill me, dude. Oh, but you you're like oh i, I want, you know to, not. We want to learn about this oh, well, no, but no, it's I've, fine yes, we'll see okay. if i i mentioned something that maybe you don't know but okay. you probably know no, everything no, about not know her. let me just, and I'm just uh, let me just talk about her and you know everything i'm about to say no, so I if you've got don't. something else to add pro- no no
1: no just i probably join don't know the everything conversation. why don't, don't you
0: well, you want to talk about her
1: okay i'm like so <laughs> deeply offended that like you know my person i don't i don't know everything about her but yes i know who she is you go go i'm listening josephine butler okay yeah Don't ask me her maiden name. Now I'm
0: realizing I should have given it to you. But her father was John Gray, who was a strong advocate of social reform and a campaigner against the slave trade. So that's where she came from. Uh Got a good history Uh behind her. her. The last name came from her husband, George Butler, and they had four children. Don't ask me their names. I don't know them. <laughs> but their names. a very monumental occurrence in her life that changed the course of it was the sad death of their six-year-old daughter, and she coped with her grief by kind of throwing herself into charity work, and she did a lot of great things through that, So, um, which mostly involved the rights of women. So, for example, one of the biggest things she's known for is in 1869, she began her campaign against the Contagious Disease Diseases Act. Which sounds so kind of horrible. But, um, <laughs> like, <"Ooh>, that's, <laughs> um, th- which uh, that contagious well, CDA is what we call mm-hmm. it, um, had been introduced in the 1860s uh, in an attempt to reduce venereal diseases in the armed forces. And police were permitted to arrest women living in seaports and military towns um, who they believed were prostitutes and force them to be examined for these diseases, which I get it, kind of invasive. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the big problem was with it is that men weren't arrested for the same right. thing. It was just women, which is like, of course. Yeah. And we make, it makes sense, makes sense. Um, but through that, um, she toured the country making speeches condemning these acts. Um, and people were really kind of shook at the fact that she could talk about sexual things mm-hmm. and problems regarding that, and she was a woman. Um, she did that for quite a few years, um, and through that work, she came through to realize how young sometimes these prostitutes were mm. she found one that was as young as 12 mm-hmm. which is mind-blowing to me and so she worked against child prostitution and eventually raised that age of like legal right. child prostitution to 16 which is still really young in today's terms i'm like hey yeah that's something mm-hmm. which is wild again t- to think about in today's time but mm-hmm. it was a little step in the right direction mm-hmm. and also through her work she realized how big um there was a slave trade going into Europe for mm-hmm. these women, and so she did a lot of legislation to kind of work against that slave trade um, and reduce it. And and it's she's known for abolishing child prostitution. Again, sixteen mm. is still in today's yeah. time considered that, but for back then that was a big step um, and ending human trafficking, which was just bringing children into that European mm-hmm. prostitution ring. So. Really, really important, and then some other stuff she worked on was promoting women's education. Um, for example, she's such a badass, but anyway, um, she pressured the authorities at Cambridge University into providing further education courses for women, which eventually um, led to the foundation of an all-woman college at Newham. I think I'm pronouncing that right, but that's pretty cool too. Um, and that also makes sense. She campaigned, com- campaigned for women's suffrage and the end of coverture in British law. And coverture, because you don't know, is like when you got married to a man, mm-hmm. all your property became his, mm-hmm. which is lame. And she <laughs> lame. helped bring that to an end. And I thought for you, an interesting fact that maybe you don't know, Okay. apparently even though you knew everything about the no, chick. I literally is that- never said
1: that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she wrote over 90 books and pamphlets mm. in her career. And that's a lot of words, a lot, a lot lot of works. writings, a lot of works um, alongside all the other... Other work she made for for women and for education and for um, child prostitution. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a messy topic, but I think it's really inspiring that she went touring, you know, all through England and speaking against these things and learning people's stories. Like she worked in tons of cases where there was this one family who purchased um, a little girl, Mm -hmm. the the twelve year old, for like five pound. It was really cheap, Mm -hmm. and she was just really moved by that story mm-hmm. and worked to and other stories like
1: that from mm-hmm. happening so she's a very Josephine Butler. uh resume
0: a lot of work there. a lot of work yeah. and I mean to think that it all started from something that was really sad but mm-hmm. hopefully her life is a testament towards helping other children not be in yeah. that position and having whole not traumatic lives from something that was really accepted which again I don't I can't even begin to understand, but it was a very yeah. accepted practice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just a little, a little victory, I think. Yeah, definitely.
1: especially since, uh, like you said, it was so common for her to come along and like try to eradicate um, child prostitution, or at least raise the the age. age. The accepted age. Um, it's pretty like revolutionary considering it was such a common practice, like in that day and age. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know everything about. I didn't know all that. So <laughs> I, yes. Yes. Cool. Very cool. Well, I, um, I was a new, completely new person for me. I, well, there you go. Well, how do you how do you uh, discover her?
0: I was trying to read up on people like females in mm-hmm. um, English history, mm-hmm. and she was one of the names that came up. So I don't know. Most of these people, I'm like, I never learned in school, and I'm just mm-hmm. still amazed, yeah, um, that I didn't. and well, I then find it makes it fascinating. What do you teach? Yeah, what do you teach me at school? Yeah, but no, I think she i don't know i think uh, a lot of people think that when it comes to human trafficking and child prostitution or child pornography nowadays Mm -hmm. like that it's a very recent not a recent issue but there's work that's being done only recently Mm -hmm. and i'm like no this has been centuries working against it it's been a problem for a very long time um and there's people like josephine who worked against it you, you mm-hmm. know, centuries ago so yeah it's not like a new those-
1: issue like people have been doing the work for several mm-hmm. years it's just we don't like i said learn about them all mm-hmm. the time but cool josephine josephine no. but watch me know all your people but i really doubt that I'd- <laughs> we'll see um so the per- first person i have is solomon northup and um i actually learned about him when the movie 12 years a slave came out in mm. 2013 i think and because the movie was coming out they had like reprinted the book 12 years a slave so i had read the book first and then i had watched the movie actually was, i think i watched the movie on an airplane to albania I'm screaming as a senior in college or in high school senior in high school and um because like the flight was like i don't know eight hours or something before a layover so I was like you know they had all the movies on the Mm. and so I watched it literally it was like two hours or something and I watched like the whole thing at whatever clock in the morning because of time difference on a plane but uh and then I was like trying to concentrate on it because like I'm trying to be like okay let me watch this movie on this tiny screen with all (laughs) these people around me like yelling about who knows what and then whatever and then when I actually got home I watched it again but um but I already kind of had read the book so I knew the story or whatever Mm -hmm. so it made a little bit easier but yeah so Solomon Northup I like literally he's one of like the coolest people I think um his story is just so interesting um so he was born in they're not sure 1807 1808 Mm. they didn't keep super great records of um like when black people were born when they died back in the old timey times so hard to say but 1807 or 1808 he was born to his father who was a freed slave and his mother who was born free i don't think um i think maybe her father was a slave but she was never enslaved um in the u.s so he grew up um a free black man Mm. and he lived in new york state and he was a farmer he owned land which is like astronomical for a black yeah. person in the 19th century early 19th like really early 19th century um and he was also a professional violinist and so um yeah and he did a lot of different jobs like i said like he was a farmer he was a professional musician he um was also he worked on like uh like different like rafting and like boats mm. and stuff like that um so in 1841 he was he was also he was married and had like two or three kids or something in 1841, he was offered a musician's job by these people who had heard of him. Cause he had played violin at several and the fiddle at several, um, different like people's weddings. They mm. would just hire him out to like go play his instrument or whatever. He did it for like family friends. And he also did it for like, um, like large gatherings. Yeah. And so these people had heard about him and so they wanted to hire him to travel with them to, um, to be a musician. And so he traveled to Washington DC where slavery was still legal um so he made sure he had his uh free papers yeah. which you you had to travel with in case somebody stopped you as a mm. black man or black woman and said you know we're, where yeah, are you supposed papers. to be mm. pretty much and um so you would present your free paper so they knew that you were born free was free earned your freedom whatever so they wouldn't arrest you or whatever or try to take you anywhere um so uh he went to dc in 1841 he had his free papers blah, blah blah after the event he was he was supposed to work he was kidnapped by the people who had led him to washington dc mm. um he was drugged and he was then sold into slavery so the slave trader that um, sold him lied and said that he was actually a fugitive slave and that he wasn't um a free man even though he had his free papers right. with him which then kind of goes to show you how broken the system is mm-hmm. of like why what's the point so of having easily these- yeah, yeah what's the point of having free papers if you're just gonna take lie about it and this man's word mm-hmm. for it that i'm actually i'm not free um so they renamed him platt i think and Obviously, as someone, it's just really interesting when you read his memoir, because he, he wrote 12 Years a Slave after he was um, freed 12 years later. But mm-hmm. it's really interesting when you read his memoir about how he was when he was first kidnapped after he woke up after being drugged. Obviously, he didn't mm-hmm. know where he was. And so he kept saying to the slave traders, like, my name is Solomon. And they're like, no, it's not. And he was like, yes, it is. And they're telling him, like, you know, pretty much every time he said they're like, no, your name's Platt now. Like, that's your name. And you're a slave and you had escaped from um. Wherever in right, Louisiana trying to craft or whatever, sort of yeah, story. And they're, they're telling him his pretty much his his new life, right, yeah. and so every time he would say like No, I'm not," they would beat him severely until he finally admitted like Okay, you're right. My name's Platt." Mm-hmm. And so it's just so interesting. Like he kind of his story is so interesting because he kind of had to quote unquote learn how to be a slave. He was never a slave. Mm-hmm. He was a free black man. He owned property in New York State. Like he was a farmer. He was a professional musician, and so he pretty much had to learn how to. a slave and so anyway so he he was shipped down to louisiana and he was sold several times but he spent um all of his time in slavery for those 12 years in louisiana and like the like deep south of louisiana Mm. um and he eventually ended up with an owner named ford but while he was working for ford or not working for him while he was enslaved by ford he was kind of hired out to help this other guy and whatever and there was one instance and this is actually he details this in the book a lot so they put it in the movie but um it's one of like my favorite parts of like the whole movie Mm -hmm. because once again like he has to like try to like learn how to be a slave right but in this one instance he um he's hired out to this guy named tabou i think that's french so i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but tabou was like a super harsh um taskmaster slave owner Mm -hmm. and so he would beat any of the slaves for whatever reason and so there was one instance where Solomon was doing work for him on like he was building a house or something or whatever. And he didn't like the nails that Solomon was using to hammer into this, this house. house. Yeah. So for him, that was a reason to like beat him. And so he I'm just gonna read it because it's just like so interesting. He whipped Northup because he didn't like the nails he was using. But Northup fought back, beating bow severely. And um, which is a great scene in the book and the and the, the movie, movie yeah. to see that like Solomon starting to be whipped and then pretty much he somehow gets hold of the whip mm. and he turns it on to Bo yeah. and starts like whipping the crap out of this guy. And all the other <laughs> slaves are standing there like, oh like my shock. God. Like yeah. yeah. And so, um, anyway, after that, of course, like there was repercussions and he was, they tried to lynch him, but he couldn't cause he didn't really own Solomon. He was being hired mm. out to him. So anyway, they, that was a horrible part to watch, but they, they pretty much, they strung him up enough to start to ch- kind of choke him, but his, the tips of his toes could still touch the ground. I did. so yeah so we kind of just, just hung there survived. for like a few days and mm-hmm. um anyway so that was an instance and it's just like so interesting to hear him in his memoir actually like write about it and be mm-hmm. like this is what happened and like yeah but and um, have
0: like the background of not being
1: yeah a slave from he's birth. like i've never and it, having yeah. conversations with
0: people who have been i mm-hmm. bet you
1: that's just such an interesting thing to learn yeah. about and see it from both sides because mm-hmm. he had also you know when he he was trying to tell the other slaves when he was first enslaved, like he was trying to tell the other people around him, like, I'm not a slave. Like this. Yeah. And you know, they're calling him Platt cause that's the name that he was given. Mm. And he's like, it's not my name. Like, I don't know. And so, uh, anyway, he was freed, uh, 12 years later by, uh, he got in contact with this Canadian guy who then contacted the uh, New York mayor and his family. And anyway, he was freed. And then in this first year, um, after being freed, he wrote 12 Years a Slave, mm. and he was then a speaker for the abolitionist movement, um, and then they kind of lose track of him. They're not really completely sure what happened to him after that. He just kind of lived a quiet life, I think, and then eventually died, bet there's really no details surrounding mm. his death, except that he died, I think, in the 1860s or something, but they don't really have
0: tons to go of off know, of yeah.
1: what happened after that but um but yeah i mean like he was gone for 12 years his family didn't know what happened to him his children were all grown he had grandchildren by the time he came back to That's his family so wild. yeah and he just it was just it's such an interesting story like you know we have slave narratives and um and uh different narratives from black people who were slaved and escaped like frederick douglas mm-hmm. um but to have a narrative from a black man who was born free and then went into slavery mm-hmm. and then was able to get out um, with the help of other people that he was writing letters to and trying to get the mayor of New York to get him hmm. to cuz it was apparently a th- this is not it wasn't uncommon for right. black people to be kidnapped and right. sold well, into and slavery. the system's broken. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> even sure though people. you have free papers like it wasn't uncommon for this to happen. So um so there was apparently something in the in New York state where you there was a law that you could enact in order to be freed because you were sold into slavery and wasn't actually born a slave so Mm -hmm. it was like a whole thing and so that's what he did for like 12 years was try to get free while also being a slave and Mm -hmm. like working for like horrible masters and stuff so um just a really different narrative like and also like his book is like fantastic so if you're also looking for something to read that's um super different than a lot of other slave narratives um I would I would read it it's super sad like I read it back in like 2012 or 2013 Mm -hmm. and I was just like like cried like half the book but it is like so good and um it also is just like a story of like resilience like yeah you know how resilient I mean, you is can a be. long time it's a really long and time and then when you
0: realize when you finally get out how like so much has changed yeah, you kind of it's like everything. you're living in a yeah. void mm-hmm. um
1: but that's yeah the movie and- was like really hard to watch mm-hmm. um Chiwito 4 played Solomon Northup and he did a fantastic job. I remember when it came out um, everyone yes, was talking so about it and it good. was... I think it won Best Picture that year, <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, it was like fantastic. It was a, And it followed the book pretty closely, which I think is also really good mm-hmm. because when you have someone's memoir, like...
0: Well, I can see someone easily trying to like soften the blow or make it more palatable. But you're like, no, we want to (laughs) truthfully represent this
1: man's story and what happened to him. It was really, it was really good. So I just think he's such an interesting um, historical figure that even, I mean, if it was me, like even after finally being freed from slavery after 12 years, I'd be like, I'm done with y'all. I'm not doing (laughs) nothing. It must
0: be so difficult to recount all those experiences Mm -hmm. that you're working so hard to get out of and forget but to, for him to be like no there's value in me remembering with mm-hmm. painstaking detail like everything i went through is i mean and then going on
1: like talks
0: and stuff yeah. through the country i'd be like i'm not Do leaving my house that. ever again <laughs> <I> no <know. laughs> and how hard are. it is to talk about that and i don't know i feel like it would be so much to process mm-hmm. and but a lot of people, I'm sure, learned from his story yeah. and hopefully realized how broken the system is mm-hmm. and the fact that he joined, you know, the
1: abolitionist movement
0: and all that. I don't know.
1: So he's pretty cool. That was my first guy because mm. I thought he... Uh... Service spotlight. It's important, and I know this
0: isn't going to be released in Black History Month, Uh but I also picked a black man. I'm like, ah, there you go. (laughs) Even though uh, it'll be, I think in March when we release this, but like it's still it's still fine. Even though we're past every month is Black History Month, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this guy, I don't know if you'll know him, but his name is Percy Lavon Julian. I think the Mm. middle name is French. Mm. Um,
1: Those French names. (laughs)
0: Those French names, and then basically he was a steroid steroid steroid, medicine Uh, steroid.
1: Oh, steroids. Steroid. Woo. Okay.
0: I was like, at first I first thought know. you were saying stereo Medicine. and I was no, like, did you I invent swear, the stereo? I can't pronounce. Like, there's the disconnect that happens. Chemist um, and an entrepreneur, um, he ingeniously figured out how to synthesize important medicinal compounds from plant sources like soybeans and making them more affordable to mass produce. And he has so much work. So I'm just going to try to go through a little bit of his background and then some of the things he did and why his life is important now. Um but he was born in Montgomery, Alabama, the son of a railway mail clerk and the grandson of enslaved people. So he mm-hmm. was free, but mm-hmm. yes, very closely related to enslaved people. Um, and when you talk about his education, he was inadequately prepared for his um, uh, by his high school for university, but he was accepted into DePauw University in Greencastle, Indiana as a sub freshman. And I'd never heard of this before, but I guess it was quite common since he was like poorly prepared by Mm -hmm. his high school he was dually enrolled in college classes and high school courses so i'm like that would have been like so hard when i think about just trying to do college classes that Uh, was hard enough but to be able to catch up with all the things you missed in high school to then also do college courses at the same time Mm -mm. i don't know couldn't be me couldn't be me he majored in chemistry graduated as valedictorian in his class in 1920 number one you were a sub-freshman but yeah, he was like no graduated. let me let me graduate so like Victorian. um and after graduation he taught chemistry at fisk university um for two years before winning an austin fellowship to harvard university where he completed a master's degree in organic chemistry and it oh made my gosh. i i cracked up because we were talking to tim about how his worst class like the one he struggled in the most and we all hated, it yeah. was organic chemistry yes. but he was like let me have a master's in organic chemistry and make from it harvard is that what from harvard oh from harvard um and after harvard he returned to teaching at west virginia state college uh, and howard university so he was an academic like mastermind i could not even begin i was done after my bachelor's but um i don't know i was so impressed and like learning what the sub-freshman thing was which was very common because if you went to a high school who didn't you know prepare you enough then you took
1: like sub freshman classes and then yeah yeah you took high school yeah.
0: courses to compensate right. and then college courses but at the same time at the same time um so i don't know that was wild and send some of his accomplishments is that even while he was teaching he was doing research and then he had a viennese colleague named i won't be able to pronounce this correctly but joseph pick <laughs> um and they accomplished the first total synthesis of and i think here's the thing gabby I looked this up to be able to pronounce it and I wanted to play it for myself before we started recording and I didn't do it. So I'm going to try. It's it's, a synthesis of phyhostihemine it's a compound it sounds correct you can look it up i'll add it to the show notes so
1: you can just see how it's <laughs> okay. pronounced
0: i i like i took five minutes to try to remember how to pronounce it and uh well, it i didn't give myself smart. i didn't give myself the opportunity to listen to it before but um it's the active principle of the calabar bean um and it was used since the end of the 19th century to treat glaucoma hmm and glaucoma runs in my family like my grandfather has Mm -hmm. it and to think like this guy was figuring it out from a soybean plant this early is amazing to me so that was one of the first accomplishments that he's known for um and also through this research of the i'm not gonna say it but the thing (laughs) synthesis (laughs) um he figured out um because they first did it in a lab but then he figured out he can draw it from soybeans Mm. so a little Plant (laughs)
1: just a little soybean plant, plant. Uh.
0: Um, and he could use it for the synthesis of certain sex hormones, Mm -hmm. including progesterone. And from that, we know that's a female sex hormone. Mm -hmm. If you took any bio or chem in high school, you should hopefully that should ring a bell. Um, And it's important in helping pregnant women avoid miscarriages, Mm -hmm. and it also helped in the development or like continuation of birth control. Mm -hmm. So a lot of good things there, and it also aided the development of. Um, medicine that could reduce the risk of uterine cancer. Mm. So the fact that he drew all of this good things from yeah. one thing is amazing to me. And again, he was teaching throughout all this time. He was doing research with different people. Um, so all those things you can thank him for. And it's, I thought it was kind of sad because he died of liver cancer oh. in April 19th, 1975. Mm. So, um, But the fact that he could help avoid
1: cancer I mean, in certain people that's is That's like, a lot of work. It's a lot of work under one thing So significant i mean it's like it's a significant amount of work but it's also significant work in the sense that like those are major mm-hmm. like milestones mm-hmm. like cancer birth control avoiding miscarriages, avoiding miscarriages glaucoma yeah like
0: it goes through and he was a chemist mind you he yeah. didn't study medicine right but through his research he was able to find this one or two things and and be able to apply it across so many different like fields. make connections like an eye doctor he ain't an eye doctor but he's yeah. like let me help you out here's a glaucoma let me that out I'm gynecologist <laughs> like, um thinking about you know pregnant woman and miscarriage just uh-huh. helping that out uh it just so much i was i was astounded at like the field of accomplishments yeah. he made from like one thing um and then but on top of all this to think you know he was a black man and mm-hmm. he had to go through a lot to be able to get accepted to university mm-hmm. um and you can study more on kind of the struggles he had but i thought it was really important to share that in 1973 julian became the first black chemist elected to the national academy of the sciences mm-hmm. in 1990 this is after he died of course mm-hmm. but he was elected to the national inventors hall of fame and in 1999 which was the year i was born oh um his synthesis of the thing I can't say, and I tried <laughs> yeah. to get to say, and I spent five minutes just trying to say it. So I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, he was recognized for that creation by the American Chemical Society as one mm. of the top 25 achievements in the history of American chemistry.
1: Oh, wow. So so he's up there. He's he is up, up
0: there. there, up there. Even if it's posthumously,
1: um, he's still up there.
0: And just to think again, he made all those accomplishments and being recognized as the first black chemist to do just first black chemist, yeah. but then it's not just like, oh yeah, I was a chemist and I did worked in a lab and mm-hmm. did chemist things, whatever that is that y'all do. Um, uh, <laughs> but he you. made like breakthroughs on so many different fields and yeah. has helped, I mean, women's health. Uh-huh. Um, and even people like my grandfather today. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I was amazed. I had never, again, I'm like, why didn't I learn about these people? Yeah. Um, but just, and I love that his story isn't the typical like, oh, he either, you know, escaped slavery mm-hmm. or, you know what, he's a free man. He was able to live a regular life. But you yeah. know what? He did so many incredible things that you learn about mm-hmm. that. And then you realize, oh, wow, on top of all that, he still struggled. Yeah. Yeah. In <laughs> that time, you know, he did speak at several civil rights mm-hmm. conferences and things like that. So I'm just amazed that, I don't know. That's I so think cool. it's a cool
1: story. I mean, and like, all the
0: uh, uh, modern science and medicine has a lot to thank for him. Yeah.
1: So. I wonder if, like, if you're a chemistry major in college or something, do you learn about him? I would feel like you have to, because, like... No, I... I don't know.
0: I mean, I don't know, because, again, it wasn't... He was a chemist, but he researched a lot of things that kind of was interfield, like, cross-disciplinary. So I don't know
1: how... You think that would make it more applicable? You know what I mean? Like, choose different... Scientific fields, but I don't know because I'm not a science person. Not a science uh, person. To, I'm not. Uh, and but we that's all hated cool. chemistry in our we, circle. Listen, we we all chemistry hate was chemistry. not a strong suit.
0: So the fact that he has like a master's in organic chem is like probably the most impressive thing. From Harvard. From Harvard. That's insane. Glaucoma. Yeah. <laughs> but you Can't have a master's. <laughs> but you have a master's in organic chem you should you deserve like, an award just for you, that. that
1: everybody who <laughs> graduates with a master's in organic chemistry from an ivy league school should just automatically get an award
0: yeah and a salary just like and you know a you salary, did that yeah why don't you just live in your house and we, we respect like that we will take care of, a master's of you for the rest of your life like, but no he did a lot of
1: work and he was insane. teaching and uh, all that and still being a professor no. Couldn't be me. He's like grading papers and also like Making- figuring out the cure for like <laughs> soybeans. Yeah. Like yeah, this is just my life. It's like, um. like wow, there's one of those people that you can never be like. I'm so tired because he's no. like, are you kidding me? I I'm screaming. I- that was probably the same
0: energy. The are you kidding me?
1: Probably. I, I, I listen. At least somebody's doing it because it's n- nobody else in this room. Is doing anything on screen? No, but uh, Our boss, cool. us, no. organic chem? No. No, 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 no. That's why God created smart people to do things like that, <laughs> and then there's us to benefit off of what they do. So thank you to that man. What's his name again? Tell him, tell tell us his uh, name again. Percy
0: Lavon. I hopefully I can pronounce at least that, even though I can't pronounce his greatest accomplishment. And uh, Julian. Percy Julian.
1: Percy Julian. We'll just yeah. skip the middle name. Yeah. Percy Julian. Thank Made you, Percy Julian.
0: I don't even want to try anymore. Well, how's it spelled? It's a really long word. It's like physostimamine. And the thing is, if I play it, I had it up on my laptop, but you wouldn't hear it because it's going through my little interface. But phys... See, I looked it up. It's right there. Physostigmine. Okay, well you were somewhat close. Physostigmine. I was really close. Okay. Physostigmine. Okay. Not, there not, you go. Wow. So that that's like like, gr- greatest accomplishment. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Well, at least I'm you got that. I'm so got, glad that. I got, <laughs> I got like, that. You have to okay. look
0: it up. Okay. Physostigmine. There you
1: go. Well. It's,
0: like, four syllables, and it's, like, a lot of letters. I make myself sound stupid, but... <laughs> compared to percy i probably am so <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all are percy is somewhere in his grave like you idiot it's yes, fine so sick. me, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine we get he he pronounces it and does it so we don't have to so cool well there you go we're gonna switch gears here and go to someone who's alive <laughs> I'm screaming. You're like history. Here you I, go. I, I know, but and it's not even like that. The person's 90 years old. The person's like 40. It's like in his 40s. Okay, good job, I, Gabby. Listen, he's still historical. He will when he when he dies. Not anytime soon. I hope God bless him. But like when he does eventually die, I hope that. You know, he will be regarded as a historical figure in the sense that he made a very influential impact on his field. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know why I thought, thought of him. It's just, I don't know why he came to mind when we, I started preparing for this like five minutes ago, but, um, I'm screaming, drag yourself, honestly, actually, I, I thought of him last night. Oh, okay. So I, I did, I, anyway, okay. His name is Syed Kashua. So he is a, wait, wait, one Syed. more time. His you first really, name is you just blasted
0: through that. Okay. And I was really trying to pronounce everything so well. So can we okay. first name? Syed? Sayed.
1: Yes. Last name? Kashua. Kashua. Yes, Sayed Kashua. I'm going to call him Kashu. Do that. (laughs) Sayed in Arabic means uh, happy Mm. or joyful or. Anyway. it's like right
0: me of the story in the video we were watching What was his name? i forget the dude's name but he it meant like happy or whatever what? or camel oh
1: oh camel. in the for the it started with the a K. study we're doing yeah. oh yes <laughs> which uh, is kamal. so funny kamal kamal, kamal. perfect yes. camel yes. that's like so funny yes, to me. Yes. <laughs> um yeah i <it> was funny <laughs> she was trying to explain that and anyway study we're doing and we laughed at things um <laughs> anyway but yes yeah, side Kashua. so he's a palace okay This is where it gets funky for me because this is where I like, I get him just from like a different place. Like I understand where he's coming from. I'll explain. Okay. So he's a Palestinian author and journalist. Okay. Known for his books and columns that are written in Hebrew. So if you know anything about the Middle East or the Arab Israeli conflict, he's Palestinian, which means he's Arab Mm -hmm. and his first language is Arabic, but he's writing in Hebrew. And this work, it's like super scandalous. interesting for me, a little scandalous. Mm. So he was born in Tira, Israel in 1975. Um, and he studied in Jerusalem and taught at schools in the U.S. So he wrote his first novel in 2002, which is what actually how I discovered him. Um, I read this novel in college, actually, when mm. I was in a writing class about the Israeli-Palestinian right. conflict. Um, his first novel in 2002 is titled uh, Dancing Arabs, and it follows an unnamed Arab-Israeli, When I say Arab Israeli, it just means, um, usually means an Arab born in Israel, like said Kashua, he's Arab and he's Palestinian, but he was born in Israel. So you have kind of like a third space going Mm on, um, but the narrator is a lot like him in in that he's an Arab-Israeli narrator attending an elite Jewish boarding school. And he, throughout the novel, is trying to learn how to be an Arab in an Israeli space or a Jewish space. And so mm. throughout the novel, he code switches between Arab and Jewish identities as an attempt to fit in with whoever he is around. Mm. And so my mom, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Because it's the same thing that people, minorities do here, where you code switch mm. between um, different ways of talking or different ways of thinking or what you say or how you say it right, how you present yourself to exactly other in order to fit in so it's just funny how like other societies also deal with the same thing mm-hmm. and so that's kind of side Kashua's whole um i will not say whole persona like obviously he's more than just code just switching but um he's just kind of characterized in the arab world by being somebody who lives in this third space of growing up in israel as a palestinian attending a Jewish boarding school Hmm. or Jewish school. I don't know if it was boarding school, a Jewish school and um, learning to write and read and do everything in a Jewish and Hebrew way. And then um, going home to an Arab family and being, you know, it's just different at Like like you just don't. So all his, most of his works are characterized by this. And he's just this interesting guy because he, he um, is super, he was back in the early 2000s, was very into. Um, the Arab-Israeli conflict in the sense of mm-hmm. trying to find a, a, a neutral way that both and obviously this is like an age ages old issue that they're still trying to quote unquote figure out how to make peace between Arab and Israelis and mm-hmm. Palestinians and Israelis to um, live peacefully with one another and obviously that's an issue that's like still going on yes. And so he actually went to the U S because he was just kind of like done with it. He was like, I don't want to have this conversation anymore and trying to find an agreement. Yeah. And he was just like, I don't, I don't feel like there is an agreement that could ever happen between, um, Palestinians and Israelis. It's just too much conflict. It's just too much um, going on between them or whatever. So he came to the U S he taught, uh, in different colleges in the U S for a while. Um, and then he
0: if he had him as a professor. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Just like okay, like, I don't know what to say in this class, but um that you like don't already know. But um but it's just he has such an interesting career so from the beginning of his career as a writer Kashua wrote exclusively in hebrew which Mm. i think this this why he did this is just so like brave and honest and interesting but um he wrote exclusively in hebrew despite having grown up speaking exclusively arabic this was an intentional choice on his part in reaction to the poor representation of palestinian characters in hebrew books at his school library when he was when he was growing up Mm. um so in his words, he wanted to, quote unquote, tell the Israelis the Palestinian story. And he does this by using, quote unquote, humor, sarcasm and absurdity to appeal to readers and utilize popular media such as television and journalism. So I just thought it's so cool that he really went out on a limb instead of um, sticking to. I don't know, he could have easily written in his like native tongue, mm-hmm. but he wanted to after experiencing like how misrepresented Arabs and Palestinians are in Jewish schools and Jewish libraries. He was like I'm going to write in their language so that they know like how we actually are. Mm. So he's like meeting them where they're at, which is like so cool cuz he could have easily turned that into something that's like I don't know, angry and right. written in Arabic for his own people mm-hmm. and just you know, kind of forgotten about the Israeli um side not really understanding arabs and palestinians but he met them where they were at and mm. was like i'm gonna write exclusively in hebrew he he started working for and i think he still does right yeah i think he still writes for a hebrew um newspaper column hmm. in israel I, for, I forget what it's called but he named it um something it's like his own column i think he's been doing it for years i think he still is and um he writes for a hebrew audience which is like insane for a lot of different reasons and the fact
0: that he still has it like yeah. is a testament to his work yeah and that to the I sake was, i was about to ask if he has mm-hmm. any other books that he's released since that because I, I, I think was really well,
1: 2002 is like yeah dancing arabs is his first novel and i mm. he has a i think he came out with another one like two he had another one called um what was it called S- uh, second person singular and i think that came out a few years after dancing arabs um, and I don't know if he has any other novels after that, but he also produced a television show oh, well. called Arab Labor, which I watched in this class. Um <laughs> that I was in. We watched a few episodes. I think there's like four seasons. Mm. And um but it's called Arab Labor and it's about kind of about how his, his life was. It's it's a little bit autobiographical just based off his experiences but it's about a young arab couple who live in an arab village outside of jerusalem the husband is a journalist for a hebrew Mm. uh, newspaper hebrew column um but he seeks to assimilate into israeli jewish culture but goes home at night to his own arab culture and so it's a comedy show and it's just (laughs) about him trying to fit in with like Jewish people, but mm. being an Arab and living in Jerusalem into so like this third space kind of thing, and it's so funny. Like, and it's it's in Hebrew, I think mostly, and it was made for Jewish television, so it aired on an Israeli channel. In which, once again, Israel. is amazing. Yeah, that first of all, how we even swung that? Right. I have no idea. I'm like, how did that? <laughs> but <laughs> people but um, on the other side, are like, oh yeah. yeah, for sure, we'll yeah. do that. <laughs> and it's really funny because like we watched a few episodes, and some of it are cultural references. So like, as Americans. Might American, it, go right over your head. <laughs> it went over my head. Like there was one scene where they're talking about like something like seatbelts in the car or something like that. And it just went over my head, mm. even though it was supposed to be funny. But an Israeli audience would understand why it's funny and it's satirical and whatever and sarcastic. And um, but it's just really interesting to me how he's like just chose like the path he chose and like mm. how he's really trying to educate Israelis and he's doing it through humor and through writing and just trying to bring both sides kind of together to appreciate each other's cultural identities. It's mm-hmm. just really cool. Um like I said he's not dead. He's in his 40s. He's still I'm kicking. I, I don't know where he lives now. I, I don't know if he's in the US still or if he if he went back to um Israel or Palestine. I don't know where he's at. But um but yeah, so he's a pretty cool guy. Uh his book Dancing Arabs was really really good. Um and his other book, uh, Second Person Singular, I haven't read, but um, his TV show, Arab Labor. I don't know where the heck you would be able to find that if you want to watch it. I have yeah, no on idea. It's on not on Netflix. I can tell you that much. <laughs> if you live in Israel, it was on Channel Two. Hey, just Channel Two. <laughs> I swear so That's where it aired on was Channel Good. Two. Um, so, and it was in. I think it's in. It's either in Arabic with Hebrew subtitles or it's in Hebrew with Arabic subtitles. I'm not entirely sure, but um, either way. That's
0: impressive to yeah. think of like, it's such a statement to have it written in another language. Like mm-hmm. it could have said this exact same thing
1: yeah, in just a different
0: language and it's just a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. So that kind of blows my mind and I don't know. Yeah. I think I should watch like just one episode of the show it's and funny. be like, oh, I know what's happening here. <laughs> really- <laughs> it, is, it
1: is funny though. Like. Um, obviously, you can find it with, like, English subtitles as well. Mm. But uh, but it is it was a super interesting show. We watched a few episodes of it. And then I tried to find it online, and I couldn't. But that was a few years ago. Maybe I'll try again. Um, and you didn't read the other book? I didn't, no. Mm. I'll have to check that one out. But um, I, I have read some of his columns in the Hebrew newspaper he writes for, and they're all – not all of them are funny. Some of them are a little bit more serious. But they're all, like, satirical and, mm. like – lighthearted and like he he obviously he's hitting on like tough issues of like the arab Israeli conflict um that he's kind of in the middle of culturally speaking but um he just handles it so well and
0: i'd be so interested to know like since he went to school Mm -hmm. from an israeli background and works in an israeli background Mm -hmm. like how that came about to be i'm sure maybe yeah. you studied that in more in depth in class mm-hmm. but considering i think as an outsider in america you may not really understand mm-hmm. what goes on depending on where you get informed on uh, regarding the issue so having someone who is like within that conflict yeah. um is probably super informative yeah. but i don't know um i'm gonna have to peep into that yeah class. I was so, uh, little, a little good- uh, Gavin college is probably like <laughs> learning all the things <laughs> was, watching I, all the foreign tv shows like literally oh, i, get I the, was I like why the are we watching
1: this in class like why are we watching tv in class why did i come to class today and then I'm after screaming. like 20 minute episode i was like this is really funny like i'm so glad i
0: watched this and was exposed <laughs> so <that>, to this <laughs> but that's uh that's an yeah. interesting class an interesting mm-hmm. class um That's good. Now we're going to go to the less educational part of the podcast (laughs) episode. Now we're going to make an even bigger transition. (laughs) Uh, Because, and here's the thing. I probably wouldn't have picked this chick if uh, I wasn't watching the TV show I'm watching right now. I'm watching Turn, which is old news, I know. Um, Most of the things I watch are old news, so it's (laughs) fine. Um, And she is a character in the show who...
1: I hate, okay. But she's a real person though. She she's was a, a real person. No, she
0: is a real person. Her name's Peggy Shippen. I, which Peggy, Okay.
1: Can I we just, just address the name, please? I'm just like,
0: if I will never name my child Peggy, a pet Peggy. Like it's Peggy so Shippen. close to Piggy. Peggy, no, no. It's Peggy Shippen, dude. Peggy Shippen. Shippen. And I'm just like, it makes hearing that makes me upset Oh, I remember
1: when I watched the show, I remember her character. Peggy. I, I mean, I remember the name. I don't remember what she was doing. Probably mm. nothing. But. She did a lot. And here's the thing. i you I'm said she didn't confused. do it. Before we started recording, you were like, she didn't really do anything. Well,
0: <laughs> I'm just confused. Anyway, I think the series is good. I think you should learn your American history. If you would ask Gabby or ask me like a week ago, I hate. I just find. That sounds so bad. American history is not boring. I'm just much more interested in like European
1: history. You learn about. She's one of those like weird people. Who's not like weird. I want to go back in time so I can <laughs> be a British lady. <laughs> Or a fr- French lady. French. If I like, hey, if oh, I could go I to the Palace of Versailles, so. you, know you can't. Oh, um, Ben, you do a French accent then. Do oui. say I want to go. That's not a French accent. Go Pas-les-vous say, Francais? no, no, no. Say in English, but what, with a French bonjour. accent, that you want to go to the Palace of Versailles. Say I want to go to the Palace of Versailles. Dude, I'm not
0: gonna do that. I'm gonna like make a fool of myself. How do you
1: even do a French accent? I can't
0: even like. I hear it. Like I watched Emily in Paris, oh, did and you? I would think yeah. I would think that I know
1: how to do it, but no, 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 I can't. Try, try. It's no. like I want to hear it now. We can't move on until you try. <laughs> what I want to go to. I want to you go to. They just sound like they're try, like try have
0: that. something in their mouth when they're speaking.
1: Like a like a like a
0: croissant. A croissant. I a can. Co- I can. Croissant.
1: A bakery. What was that? Bakery. Is that supposed to be a bakery? bakery? Yeah, bakery. I feel like the, don't they say like isn't, isn't it like a patisserie up. or a, patiss- a patisserie? Patisserie. Isn't that we
0: learned how to order um coffee? Oh, in Italian. Okay, try. Cappuccino.
1: No, That's please. No, thank you.
0: Nah, just. I would that. walk into a cafe and be like, Cappucc- un, 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 cappuccine, oh, okay. Cappuccini, I think it's two. Something like that. I got to watch her video again, but I'm, I'm ready. And then French. Yeah, no, I'd be lost. I would be in the Versailles and be lost. But I just Peggy, know Peggy knew what was up. She Okay.
1: Tell us I about tell I don't about know. Here's Peggy. the thing. She's American though, right?
0: Margaret Peggy Shippen. Oh, maybe I'll call her Marge. Um, Please don't. Here's the thing. If you look her up, this statement happens, and I really don't get that. Also, doing more research, I realized something and it kind of disgusted me. But regardless, she oh, apparently. Wait. When
1: are you going to say that disgusting detail? I want to hear it.
0: I'll say it right after I say this. Okay. Um, she was the highest paid spy in the American Revolution, which I didn't get at all. Maybe I'm not there yet in the series, but I'm like three episodes away from the finale in season four and I'm still not like understanding. So I don't know if they just made her character different than how she was in real life, but whatever. Um, and she's known for being the second wife of General Benedict. Arnold, who's a very famous defector. He was from... a loser, yeah. I'm screaming. <laughs> Here's the thing. When we watch this show, my mom thinks he reminds uh us of like a real life Gaston because he's like so full of himself. I love it. I love that And then she's like, oh Gaston,
1: I hate him. I um, love Gaston. He's one of like the best villains.
0: She in hates Disney it so much. Canon. So Benedict Arnold is Gaston okay. in this show. And what was So she was born into a prominent Philadelphia family with loyalist tendencies, the redcoats. And Benedict was a blue coat, but he turned, he defected. Right. And uh, she met Arnold during his tenure as a military commander of the city following the British withdrawal in 1778. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The show, in my eyes, makes her seem like maybe a 20-year-old something. Mm-hmm. But Sis was 19 when oh. she married him. And this man oh. was like 38. Yeah, so kind be. of disgusting. Yeah. I know you're like, that's how it be. Yeah, but it I is. didn't get that from the series at all and then the reason she was a spy which again now when i read more about it researchers aren't like entirely sure but this is what this show makes it out to be and if she's the highest paid spy then she must have been so i don't know there's like con- contradicting accounts they need to get the crap together
1: um so we highest, also highest paid
0: yeah she paid I like what like two
1: dollars like i'm screaming no do you get paid as a spy is that like good it's a good income Maybe better than being a soldier. I just like how, like, first of all, how are you paying anybody? It's the American Revolution. You don't even have your own currency. Which
0: is a big part of the series. How how are you paying your illegal spies? Like, with what money? A big part of the series is, like, how Congress was broke. But she was a (laughs) side for the loyalists. So maybe they had more money. But the king was also broke by the end of the war. So I don't know why they're saying... Maybe it's a false fact Google has spit out at me, but regardless, Peggy Shippen was apparently the highest paid <laughs> spy. Paying, like, and corn she, or something, when she was dude. seventeen, which again, I'm just like, wow. And mean high school being like, I'm gonna be a spy. But she met um Corporal John um John Andre, I think that was his name. Um, which name. I know him as Braid Man from the uh <laughs> Series because he had regular hair, but then he has like the singular braid that he eventually cuts off and gives to her. Now, I don't know how
1: okay.
0: people what? think they were romantically like feeling each other when she was 17. And through that connection... Um, cause he was the spymaster, which again, all okay. these names that people get. Okay. Let me just, okay. <laughs> How do you think about spy, it's charge of intelligence. I've but only, I only like watched the first master. two
1: seasons of turn. So I, I don't know. You didn't get this far. I didn't get to, I need it to rewatch really it. Okay. So the spymaster continue. Uh,
0: John Andre. John
1: Andre, which is a um, fake name. It has to be. That no, can't be his name. Andre, Andre, Andre super. 3, and the way okay. he
0: was like portrayed as like this, like spy master like he is it. I don't know what that means. So he gets Peggy on his side. Okay. Now I don't know again how not that anyone could know but like how he got into like Peggy's mind and like romantically involved Um, but they make it seem like they were legitimately like interested in each other and so. because he's the spy master. She's a gold
1: digger. She,
0: but no but she had a, a wealthy family here's the thing i don't you're right, i don't she was also
1: getting paid like two dollars a day you're right she, she doesn't need she doesn't <laughs> They're need the spy so wealthy. master They're both so yeah. wealthy. Uh,
0: but no they were really interested and that was her connection to the loyalist side and so people think that when she met benedict you know andre the spymaster used it to his advantage and that's how eventually benedict was able to defect to their side oh. so technically She's on the losing side. I don't know how much you can say that she gave towards the cause because that
1: cause lost. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait, wait. When you first picked out this lady, I thought she was a spy for the US. But this, so she, how good of a spy was she? (laughs) Said. Well, that begs he, def- the question. he defected.
0: He defected, right? So, I mean, it's useful. And here's the thing: like, I don't know if like she really wanted to get with Andre, and she's like, "This is how I'm gonna have to get this man is by being with Arnold." But the thing is, she ends up marrying him
1: benedict no, oh, oh, oh no ben- sis, okay, i'm so sorry alive. i'm trying to keep up no okay. she's yes. known as
0: the second wife yes 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 of benedict guest okay, on so right. keep, keep up there's a lot of characters at play there's here. a lot happening so she marries him okay she's over on the blue side bloop, 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 bloop. yes um but a month into their marriage which again i just do, i don't get the timing watching the series so then when i learn the actual like ages of uh-huh. everyone and how much time has passed is like mind-blowing to me so they they're a month in benedict contacts through peggy right Andre. Okay. And this is how he gets to defect to their side. Okay. Um, spicy. But how that happened very spicy. Yeah. And how that happened is that when Benedict actually defected mm-hmm. Peggy was like left there with their newborn which isn't in the show but I'm like wow she had like a baby with her a month. I. It doesn't have to make sense. I am. And what really cracked me up because again it's not that she really did anything in history which is really sad. She was a spy. <laughs> like a like spy master. Um, but she pretended to have hysteria when Benedict left to make it seem like she wasn't aware of her husband's defection um, and so when I watched it I'm like maybe they made this up for the show but no she really did like she tore her dress and like pretended to be insane and they were like oh that's understandable she was just caught by surprise just like we were I still I, like how I don't her get whole... it and then she went to her family in Philadelphia, and they eventually kicked her out because oh, of the war. Brilliant. Um, but eventually, they had four children, and good. after the war, everyone accepted her, and she lived on her life, and the one good thing she did is that she made sure her kids had enough money before she died. Um, but Peggy, really, you know what? I think it's the most <laughs> interesting thing that happened in all the wars, her being like, with Andre. Andre left her, she got with Benedict, and Peggy she shipping. made it work. He defected. So, he she made... Benedict defect.
1: so really it's her fault it's her fault oh well
0: their side's still lost though it doesn't really matter but I it? don't know I I did think in all seriousness though no, like she survived she probably like Andre didn't want to actually marry her maybe and she was used by him and she wed a coward who defected to the wrong side and you know what she stuck it out for her four kids so i respect her for that um peggy even shippen
1: she was doing her thing shippen miss shippen miss shippen
0: i don't know i am kind of upset at her name but you know what You're the she one didn't do anything her. i know because it was really funny to me because here's the thing i looked her up <laughs> and she was like here's the thing here's the thing i'm okay. looking up to find this third person gabby has two but my i, third I person, have another one and I look up on this website and they're like, listen off some random people yeah. that you might not know. And I see Peggy, 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 Peggy <laughs> Shippen Arnold. And I'm like, whoa, I know her from this series I'm watching. This is the description they give. This is why I did more research expecting more to come out of it and nothing has. But here's where we are at. Let's hear it for the antiheroes, especially when they're not angry white guys. Everyone knows the name Benedict Arnold, which remains shorthand for traitor. But few seem to remember Arnold had a wife, his second Peggy Shippen of Philadelphia was beautiful, smart, and a prominent member of society. And a British loyalist, Arnold met her in the midst of the Revolutionary War when he was appointed military commander of Philadelphia as the British evacuated the city, which is where Andre left uh, her other boyfriend. Mm. Uh, they were married soon after. Shortly after that, Arnold began communicating with the British, which was almost certainly not a coincidence. A modern Lady Macbeth, Shippen is a fascinating figure whose impact on American history remains criminally obscure, until a bouncy musical that finds the new words to rhyme with traitor changes all that. So I read that thinking, if I dig into it, I'll see how her her impact on American history remains criminally obscure. And then I read on Google, she was the highest paid spy on either side. And I'm like, wow, Miss Shippen must've had something going on. But there's nothing more that I found to well, the series I'm watching. But to
1: be fair, they did say it was obscure. So really, to be honest, no one really knows what's up with Peggy, I, I think is what it comes down to. It's criminally obscure. So here's the thing.
0: I can't even tell you what an impact she had on history because well, we, we still don't know. But she had an impact apparently. She
1: had to have. We wouldn't know unless we had control over like the butterfly effect where we could go back and be like, what if she never met Benedict Arnold? What what would have happened? I'm sure something. Well, here's
0: the thing. I mean, I guess people could argue how that actually eventually helped their side because technically it was like weakening to lose a general of his status.
1: Was it To though? be defective.
0: Maybe, maybe, so, maybe she maybe did. Maybe it didn't really matter. Maybe it didn't really matter. Maybe it helped inside out. Maybe it hurted and they kind of got through that. I don't know. But as a well, woman in in history, hey. Because there's other female spies. There was African-American spies, mm-hmm. like uh, the Culper Ring. Mm-hmm. There's so many terms I'm learning in American history. And I'm more interested in it than I used to be. I will still happily watch Versailles anytime day over turn
1: like, but turn literally, is literally okay but where
0: i'm at right now and Versailles i thought it's like it in.
1: trash tv of history it's like keeping up with the kardashians except once again history. you've said this before i you have the other watched one. it i'm thinking of the other one what's the other one called that i, I think is also trash tutors no well obviously <laughs> what's the other <laughs> no, The <laughs> I other one i didn't say is what no, you no, think Versailles, is trash tv there's
0: another one though well you haven't watched Catherine the great and i was gonna say no God i don't Stone think that's here like on same peter level energy because he's like a loser, he's a
1: loser. But, he, but he's so lo- he's so lovable though. He wasn't <laughs> Wait, oh, either. Okay, no. so, Okay, great. Because
0: um, everyone kind of hated him. Because I mean, imagine you go to the as a defector, people think you're a traitor. Might as well at least fight for your side. Yeah. And he was kind of like full of himself. Well, like the reason he defected is because he didn't
1: get enough money. Which, listen, I understand. He should have hit up his wife, who was the richest spy or something. What did you say? Richest, second R- richest, second no, highest the paid. richest
0: the highest paid spy
1: there <laughs> can't be revolution. much I, can't love how, <laughs> I love how out
0: of everything like that's not impressive to you like that really must have not been a lot how do you i mean first of know, all
1: because they're in the middle of a war <gasps> okay <laughs> in the middle of a war okay well, right the,
0: the side that was broke is the side that benedict left she was the I loyal know, side but again I the king know, was also broke like, like
1: everybody was broke though like okay so you're like this was i just not don't buy it also she's a venture. woman like good for her dude like yes she made great strides so spies lady spice today can get paid a lot and have health benefits or whatever 401k i don't know but like it just okay
0: yes peggy Shippen. In the middle of a war so now if you say She's, the name maybe someone can find out more on her than i could find i bet there's like a peggy like,
1: Shippen uh there's probably some professor out there who's like a peggy shipping expert who's written books and papers on peggy shipping i really want to interview them you need to and go find them for me to understand
0: them. because i i still don't but again the fact that she kind of scammed the system she did and andre didn't save her she mm-hmm. went with this benedict benedict guy breakfast kind of shifty
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh had to make it work when mm-hmm. benedict left mm-hmm. she pretended to be insane and that was accepted because all women were insane dude
1: back then i was Ooh. gonna say it's probably not super it wasn't probably super difficult i'm, not no, trying, I'm not they, trying to they, undermine they it
0: hysteria yeah. actually i saw the funniest not documentary um movie it was i don't know if you've seen it but what people thought hysteria woman was back then uh-huh. is like hilarious to yes. me. Um, but like yeah, the, uh, she did that to save her own skin, and then she saved her kids, made sure they, because obviously Benedict wasn't going to take care of it, uh, to make sure they had a financial future. So she she did her thing. She did what she had to do. She did.
1: I respect that. Got to flip flop through sides. <laughs> hey, whoever's going to pay more, right? Whoever's going to apparently pay $3 that's what it was for. Peggy. Two dollars or her $2, $2, pounds two pounds instead of three pounds or. She made it work. But I wonder what her yearly income as a as the slave master. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was like, wait, did I spy say that? master. Spy master.
0: I don't know why slave Andre master. Andre was a spy master. Well, they might have been um, slave
1: masters too. They probably had slaves. Everyone uh, had slaves. Well, what I'm days. saying, there yeah. were
0: slaves that were working in the house. Yeah. And it was, I, I do think this series is kind of interesting how they portray like relationships between the slaves. Mm-hmm. And, and um, there is one who, it's so funny to me, but there was a slave like Andre's slave was a spy for the other side oh, snap! and she really I saw the funniest scene where she's about to like beat the crap out of Peggy uh-huh. at the end of it because she finds out her son also works as a slave but yeah. they're they're freed so they're uh-huh. servants they get uh-huh. paid a wage um, but Peggy finds out that um, her son is spying on her husband Benedict oh, snap. and so she's like this really instigating him in this scene and so you see her mom <laughs> mom like lift up a candle like candelabra about like crack peggy's head and then she's Peggy like wait get it. me in on this which again i don't think this is historical but she's like get me in on this uh little plan to kill my husband and so she lowers the candelabra at the end of the scene and she, no one's the wiser so it's just oh it's messy and i did tell Jack that i
1: think you that- should finish watching it I should. I should go back and, should. and pick up where I left off. It's probably still on Netflix where I stopped. I don't know why I stopped. I think it was just one of the things I started watching something else. Mm. But yeah, I uh, will have to watch it. If Peggy's not in every episode, though, I don't want it. She She's, she's the lot. star. She's the main character. She, not that other guy. I forget his name. The other guy. Not him. Benedict? No, no, no. Andre? The, the main character of the series. The guy. Oh, the, Abraham his, Yes, not him. It's not him. It's Peggy. Peggy's the main character. Peggy, I, I would agree with that. Peggy Shippen.
0: Also, I'm just a, again culpriting, lol, at how
1: things worked. I, I don't know how
0: true everything is because, again, Peggy, I was misled by her and her role on being like criminally obscure.
1: But I want to, I want that description on my gravestone. <laughs> criminally obscure. Shoot, Gabrielle Sanford led a criminally obscure life. We know nothing about her, which. But she was facts. the highest pay, highest paid spy. So yeah, mm. I could be a spy right now. You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't, would you? Because no. I'm that good. Anyway, maybe I'm the next Peggy shipping i hate that name so much like i like it it's grown on me dude. um if that was like her first name and she had like a different like her for her full first name name because i think first was her nickname, though, was peggy peggy the Shippen. first name was margaret Mar- Margaret, yeah but margaret Shippen, Peggy everyone's better peggy Shippen.
0: peggy peggy Shippen. it's like both Shippen. things it's like you have the double letters
1: next to each other so peggy and with two g's and Shippen. then Shippen with two p's Ugh. it would sound better if it was like annabelle Shippen. but it's in your mind that sounds better i mean what sounds worse peggy shipping or annabelle shipping i mean both sound pretty bad (laughs) actually when you say it like that uh, um anyway yeah So
0: i mean she's the main character she is the main character forget the other two i mentioned because i definitely know what was going on with her just peggy um but i think for my 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 third person that's um
1: it's a good one it's a good one right there um i I had a third person but um they she just wrote down the name and then <laughs> didn't write anything else i i know about her it's just like i was gonna write stuff down about her and then i was like no no it's because she's boring no she's not, peggy's boring. not boring you peggy's, said peggy's boring as crap dude okay Are you kidding me peggy sucks just kidding <laughs> i love i think she's fun um no this lady is cool you said her, that her life was boring her life was was boring doesn't mean she's not influential you can have a boring life and still be like an influential person okay let's get that straight <laughs> okay, but yeah, Charlotte. Like you're speaking
0: to yourself right
1: Char- now. <laughs> speaking to like my whole life right now. You can be boring, <laughs> and still be influential. Um, uh, no, uh, Charlotte Bronte. She's okay. She wrote one of Dude, like my favorite wow. books, uh Jane Eyre. <laughs> Jane Eyre is a really fantastic book, and she wrote it, it in is. her 30s, I think. I don't know. Um, I wrote a paper on it in college. I've read Jane Eyre because I had to write a paper on it. I went through that book while I was writing the paper like three times and the more I went through <laughs> it, i sorry, I'm just really cracking up because you're like, I had nothing else to say except that, like her book. She was really boring. I mean, her uh, that, siblings were the more thing. exciting, but No, she no, I was don't think boring. her siblings were either more exciting either. I think they were all equally um, the way they are. It's just that I just, I think her books are more, you know how sometimes you've, <laughs> Someone creates this. Someone sometimes Sometimes writes a book and you read it or whatever and you read the book and you're like, wow, that was fantastic. And then you learn about the author and you're like, dang, like they're even more interesting than the book. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> the book is fantastic. And it's a classic and it's like one of those classics that when you think of classic books, you name certain books. I feel like Jane Eyre would be up there. Even if you don't know who wrote it, you know the title Jane Eyre, you know the book, whatever. Um but her life was such that you don't remember her. You remember her, her book. You just don't remember her. But anyway, Charlotte Bronte, I respect her because she wrote one of my favorite novels, classic novels, uh, Jane Eyre. And that's it. And uh, her life was pretty boring. She nothing was, else to say. No, I mean, I don't really have anything. I mean, she was a, she was a governor. <laughs> and here's the thing. Once again, you can have a normal life or a semi-normal life and just have the most influential career posthumously that you possibly could have, and you just um but yeah she was cool she was an author in the 19th century old timey times and she wrote Jane Eyre she was a governess her she had two sisters and a brother her two sisters and her all wrote under uh, male pseudonyms so they wouldn't get like you know hissed at for being women writers <laughs> yep and um as you do as, as you, you do. do and they published under uh under male names and then she was a governess and she kind of hated it and then she worked for a professor or something, and she wrote a book called The Professor because she had, like, a thing for him. so she wrote. That's some, like, really weird, nasty, actually. Yeah, so, a, But you see,
0: I would think that's interesting. It is. Uh, that is pretty interesting, so, yeah. She had it, and she tried uh, to get, get it.
1: You brought to her credit, dude. She was, like, really flirtatious right now. Like, she really wrote The Professor. Which is astounding. Imagine you the liking, professor. liking someone yeah. that much. You're like, let me write a book about And he, he was married. And he, is, and he knew wow. that okay. she... Why are you
0: saying her life is boring? It's, it's not. That's, this little sis, part is that's interesting.
1: But she, yeah, she, like, worked for him or something. Or was it? I don't know. But she, and... Um, he was married and he was very aware that she was in love with him and she would write him like love notes and stuff. Did they ever like- They never got it on. No. He was like, Charlotte, I'm really going to need you to like stop doing that pretty how much does the that equivalent how
0: did that even work out be, how is she not well, fired he, was it was like felt bad for her well like, i think he started in like in another life sweetie. As, i would definitely like no get it he was
1: just kind of like can you stop wow, like it was kind of okay. so it was kind of the equivalent of being like can you stop calling my house because one day my wife's gonna pick up and we're gonna have issues like you know the 19th century equivalent of that and uh so she wrote her book the professor which was like a novella it was kind of short mm,
0: novella I like how you say it. Like it's like, like it's just. I'm just just, like shook. That like, what? Where did this chick live?
1: Where did she live? When? In the 18 like 40s or something. Novella,
0: and nowadays you can still see a novella.
1: Probably not as spicy as the professor. Yeah, I'm really. So did you read the professor? It's sitting on that shelf over there. I haven't read it yet. That's just. Have you not? I have not. That's disappointing. I, I should read it. you need to
0: give brought this some credit, dude. I shouldn't really even open it and be like, I'm like, so, But you know what's
1: funny is that she wrote The Professor and tried, and she went to her publisher and was like, publish this right now. And the publisher was like, nah. <laughs> so it was published, I think, after she died. Which is. Because yeah, that's they, embarrassing. they went through all her work and like, you know how mm-hmm. they do a lot of with authors or writers or poets or whatever, like, yeah. like our girl, Emily Dickinson. They just published all <laughs> her stuff uh, posthumously after the person dies. They did that with Poe, a lot of his stuff. But anyway, so that was... I'm a big fan of Bronte now. Yeah, dude, she's she's cool. It's, she's a weird, <laughs> she's she's a not, weird chick, dude. Don't she's try weird. to retrace
0: your steps no, no, right now. No, 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 she's weird. Used to like the like, whole like before the whole episode family. time being like, she's so boring.
1: She Monica. She's a little boring, but like she... Um, her sibling her other two sisters Anne and uh, Emily Emily Bronte wrote Wuthering Heights which is also a fantastic novel and I haven't read anything <laughs> by Anne but um, she, she also wrote a book I don't want to be dragging the Bronte's like I think they're like really <laughs> Dude, this is a writer. This is like if I
0: was like, I feel like Charlotte Bronte, but I'm not a writer, so I'm just gonna say, no, yeah, she's, she's a boring no, life. I'm, and here's Anne, the thing,
1: she. Wrote a book. I haven't read. I haven't read what Anne wrote. Anne wrote like one book, I and I have not read it. I've read Emily Bronte and I've read Charlotte Bronte. <sighs> and that's it but (laughs) i do i do because here's the thing yes the brontes i know i do i wrote something no here's the thing i do really really enjoy them in all seriousness like the brontes are pretty cool sisters i just their (sighs) lives are just not super interesting but the books they wrote were freaky weird and not your typical romances either like jane eyre is like freaking weird wuthering heights really strange the male leads uh, are like professor well, no, not Creepy. that, but I'm talking about like the male leads in oh. um, Jane Eyre oh, and yeah, in yeah. Wuthering Heights <laughs> are like not your typical, like you're reading it and male you're like, interest, this yeah, seems yeah. strange. Um, I don't know. They're, they're just probably like messed up a little bit in the head. A hundred percent. They
0: struggled in their like romantic relationships and they're like, let oh, me yeah, dude, Charlotte all this
1: pent up. She was proposed <laughs> to like by three different men and she always said no. And then she said, then you can see that reflected in her writing, but okay. then she said yes to the fourth man that proposed to her, I believe. And she died a year later. So <laughs> so she just. Uh... This episode is just blown up. She's like, just like kind of a weird. You should not have mentioned she's, this chick. She's probably like the equivalent of like that goth chick in your high school class that you're <laughs> like, are you OK? And then as <laughs> soon as you guys graduate, you literally never hear from her again. And you're like, I hope she's doing well. God bless. That's I feel like that's Charlotte a little bit. Yep. Anyway, that's all I had to say so i'm gonna go read the professor now and i'll tell you if it's like smutty or (laughs) whatever (laughs) and i'll tell you jane eyre was smutty but like 19th 19th century smut it was like weird that was like if it was like a 19th century audience reading it i'd be like (gasps) and like clutch my pearls but like (laughs) like because it was like real strange like you could tell like she was writing it like in the middle of night like oh yeah it's okay probably wrote that and was like ooh, this is what i
0: want to do with andre
1: uh yeah peggy was probably dead by the time charlotte (laughs) wrote that book but um it's okay oh you know what
0: uh, Spy Master got some some moves. I from hate that. so much. Um, it just cracks me up because when you think about like the Loyalists and them like being like this is my king and this is my king <laughs> and <laughs> the way they dressed, everything about it is just so messy. Like
1: I like how you're like the way they dressed. Like no wonder they lost. That's like <laughs> I just thought it was something, but never mind. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> no, it. No, no, I mean,
0: don't. it and was dude, just it was from a- already going no, off no, the no, rails.
1: Was- so <laughs> it's from about how stupid <laughs> it was. <laughs> The brontes No, no, desire. I lo- love you. Discol- I Ugh. really do enjoy the brontes Like I, I wrote do. a whole I paper. It's just cracks I like me them. Up it's just that they're they're just they're really weird. Boring. They're just weird chicks, you know? And what are we? Uh <sighs> we're okay. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not. It's okay. fine. You You're not gonna- No, it's just I don't want to. So it's okay. I'm just gonna keep it to myself. Valid. I don't know, house. <laughs> I mean, I mean i'm done talking about peggy and charlotte and emily and Anne and all these other people so we we can i just i love
0: how we had like reputable figures we at the did beginning and then we do
1: uh, we you, do you
0: started with peggy even shipping. even peggy is valid okay she, is. No, she, she is. did things i don't need to understand like what effect it had on history um criminally obscure know. yeah that's all i know and you know what that that works so um
1: yeah don't scroll on your computer like you have more yeah. th- like there's nothing else I was gonna to see say if I had anything
0: off my notes there's but nothing. Th- there's nothing. nothing it doesn't we don't need to have anything okay. I think it speaks for itself um
1: I'm, I'm gonna just I'm gonna let that sit there for you guys and then we're gonna close because I don't also this is a really long episode if we kept so going sorry. it would be a disaster even more so so let's just leave these historical figures where they're at go look them up go learn Please about do. them let us know if you find anything about Peggy shipping because Please. we obviously don't know. And let
0: me know if you read uh, the b- one of the Bronte books that I'm going to read Gabby the professor. I'm gonna yeah, read but the there's professor. another one that you said she wrote a book and you didn't even know the title. Who Anne? Yeah, it was oh Anne. Anne
1: Bronte wrote. Um, she was the le- she was she was the least successful of the three sisters. She she mm. didn't do mm. super well. Then she died. It's because she didn't
0: write anything smutty enough. Probably
1: not. Charlotte had something in there that like, I don't remember what. Oh, really uh, Anne's book is called the uh, tenant of <coughs> the tenant of. Winfield Hall something like that it we was fell. very short it mm. was because I think all three more governesses they all wrote about their governess experience anyway sorry Anne rest in peace Um. anyway so we're gonna close now follow us on Instagram underscore change by degrees if you wanna know more about what we got going on in our brains
0: leave a like or actually leave one star for us at iTunes I always say that on podcasts
1: oh right yes um, unsubscribe
0: subscribe uh, next
1: episode should be interesting let me know what the next one is. It's about the French toast. Oh, fun. Uh, sorry, this is like news to me. I don't look <laughs> ahead until <laughs> like, a the night before. But yeah, and, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So we're going
0: to have to come up with something for that. We'll get uh, maybe we'll, what we should do, though, to like help guide the conversation is have a theme. So maybe this week we can talk about like something. You act some like lens. we don't
1: always have like a roadmap if we still veer off of it.
0: Yeah, but at least we have a starting point. Um, Because I know we're both going to be like breathing heavy, inhaling French toast. So to have something that like (laughs) ties the episode together would be good. So we'll work on that for you guys. Um, And it's a classic. It's one of our most classic uh, episodes on Change by Degrees. So you can tune in next week for that. And hopefully you enjoyed these characters. Hopefully you didn't know all of them. Um, Like Gabby did with my first chick. Um, And you got something out of that.
1: I got a lot out of it. I learned a lot today. So did I. Myself and about you and about these people. So, anyway, that's all totally we've We'll see you later. <laughs> we will see Bye. you next week. Bye. Bye.